Hello to our New Zealand listeners. Power Suit is coming to a city near you. If you're in Wellington, Christchurch or Auckland, we've specially designed a four-week program to help you bust through those beliefs and habits that are holding you back. Come and join some of our very first leadership cohorts in June and July. We even have an email template to help you get professional development budget. So reach out at hello at powersuit.com and we look forward to meeting you in person. Welcome to Power Up, the podcast that uncovers the unique challenges women leaders face today. Join your hosts, Nat and Kristen, as we dive into the tough topics and provide actionable insights you can apply right now. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Hello, thanks for listening. Today, we're going to chat all about advancing your career by building your own personal board of directors. Because last week, we spoke about considering a move into governance and the reasons why you might and the reasons why you might not. But a board of directors isn't just for an organization. You can and should create your own board of directors to guide you in your decision making and career development. This is all part of our mission to give you the tools and confidence to build a career on your terms. Having a personal board of directors is a great way to get career support and advice from people you trust. Probably around five to ten people, do you think, that you assemble for the purpose of developing and navigating your career and these can probably change over time yeah so why why do you reckon we have one why why should you have one probably the one most powerful one is to bounce ideas because most of the time you have an inclination of what you should do and what your next step could be not necessarily specifically but you have an idea when it's time to move on you have an idea if you're unhappy if you feel stuck and having a group of people trusted confidants that you can go to and go I need some advice I need some feedback. So this goes back to the heart of the matter, which is feedback. Feedback is so critical. We have a couple of great articles on powersuit.com on feedback. Why it is so important to actually go out and actively collect because it is so powerful to have people who have your best interests at heart that want to see you develop, that want to you know, give you advice and input regarding your career. Absolutely. And I think when you just said before, we know when we're unhappy or stuck, that's not always been true for me. Ah. And I think leaving Hatch, I was deeply unhappy and deeply stuck. And I remember six months out, I <laughs> leading up to Christmas, I announced that I was going to start going to therapy and put in place a couple of other things to endure the next six months of my life because I was so stuck I couldn't see that I was basically trying to address a whole bunch of symptoms rather than the cause right. of what was causing me great distress at the time and my personal board of directors really solved that for me because that feedback thing absolutely mm. but a totally different perspective and we've sort of talked ah. about it in other podcasts yeah. but from having this fresh perspective because quite often when you're in something what do you say you can't see the wood yes. for the trees you're in it and someone will just come out with something and especially when they know you and they have your best interests at heart, they have this incredible ability to shortcut and short circuit some of the things that you may not even know you're stuck on. Yeah. If you're anything like me, or are you always aware of it? I I've always woken up and known when it was the time, when it was time to do something different, when it was time to put my hand up, that's me, but I know that's not a universal thing. But I need people to bounce that off of. And mm. quite often it's by the third or fourth conversation, they've either given me the confidence to go and do it, 
or they've kind of said, ooh, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? So yeah, I don't know. That That's how it's operated with me. Now, we are suggesting this isn't a board of directors that has to meet together, firstly. That's the first thing. I mean, they might. There might be some people that literally have a board of directors that meets as a group and you go, I'm assembling you people. I want to meet once a month. But I would say that there are different hats that the board of directors can wear. And we're going to chat about those shortly. There's a few different roles that can sit on your board, but they do not have to meet together. I just thought we should make that clear. Well, and also if we've just come from, <laughs> if anyone's just come from listening to our chat about governance, they also aren't legally or ethically <laughs> yes, responsible for any decisions they make. But what they can do is help you find out your greatest strengths and skills, which yeah. again, we've talked about quite a lot that actually quite often we don't actually know what they are. And I, I remember going to leadership training years ago and learning about your gifts. And those are things that you were not just good at, but you loved to do. And quite yeah. often we can get sucked into the trap of doing things we're good at, even if we don't really love them. That blind spots thing is a big one. I think we all have have blind spots we should give up pretending we don't we have gaps and one of the greatest joys in life is finding out a blind spot and going oh my goodness this is so weird yeah. I, I had no idea I did that and I've actually had that years ago and one of my friends who was actually on my personal board of directors at the time hmm. still a great friend now said when I was deeply distressed about something I would laugh I would do this like awkward laugh and she was like I can always tell that you're really upset when you do this laugh. And so I'm going to respond in this way when Aww. you do it, which I think is really cool. Um, you can learn their their approaches. I yes. love the different leadership styles. We are huge fans of recognizing that we currently in the world tend to focus on this one narrow definition of leadership and having this board of directors you can learn from experts and experience of people around you at different ways of dealing with it yes. any other any other ways you'd look at using I them? think specific feedback is what I've used uh, different roles of board of directors for my personal one and that is just a sounding board on an area that I could focus on or if I've kind of I've often debated do I go down the specialist route my career or do I stay as a generalist and so things like that getting feedback on that um, sounding board for making career decisions I think I spoke in in our uh, couple podcasts ago about going to who I would definitely see as a coach for me when it was time for me to move on from a role, that person walked me through the different options I had at the table and helped me work through the outcomes of each of those. And opening up their networks is a final, really powerful way to use your board of directors. And people want to help and they want to connect you. Often if they've said yes, to informally or formally helping helping you that they know that means connecting you with people in their network and quite often are quite happy to do that so it's I, a classic sales strategy right <laughs> get them to emotionally buy in and then solve your problems and then solve all your problems <laughs> so let's chat about the different roles that you can start to surround yourself with as part of your board of directors we talked about five to ten people that can change over time you might start with one you might start with a handful it might be formal it might be informal but the different roles are mentor and mentorship. We'll chat about that. Sponsorship, which is quite unique. Coaching, that is another role that you can have in on your board of directors. And then finally, a peer group will close that out at the end. But I think we'd probably just start with mentorship and jump into what that is, eh, Nat? Yeah, and we've had a bit of a debate about this on what defines a mentor and mm. settled on. A lot of organizations will have a structured program for mentors. A lot of people reach out 
and ask someone specifically to be a mentor and it's very mm-hmm. formal. In my experience, I've had that once. I had a business mentor very early on in my career. I've talked about it before. Where I thought I was failing. They came in to mentor, did a lot of evidence-based <laughs> analysis to tell me that I wasn't failing. But actually in my life, I've largely had informal network mentors. So I don't think either of those should be a barrier. Some yeah. people really like the formality of having a real structure. Other people like to just have a bunch of people on tap that might be three or four people they go to one off or in different situations. But now I've gone into sort of the rules around mentors. What are they? <laughs> well, I, a mentor typically is someone who has, you're reaching out to them because because they have been there, done that. It might mean they are a couple years or maybe even, at, you know, five, six, seven years ahead of you in career. You ha- admire them. They've been through a lot more than you might personally have, or they've seen a lot, they've experienced a lot. You might know specifically, ah, I know they've been through a situation like this and be reaching out for them for that purpose. But the whole point is that it is, I don't want to say it's like a, it's a senior junior kind of relationship, but it kind of is like you are going out and asking for advice from someone who is more experienced because they've been there and done that and they can help you. So that's the first I would just say on that, yeah. they don't necessarily need to be senior in their career. They just need to have experience in something that yes. you don't. So they could be actually the same level or actually below you, but they have specific expertise or they've honed a skill that you might want, like professional uh, public speaking or um empathetic leadership or negotiation and so they are an expert or have far more experience in a particular thing that you want to learn about so again don't be put off by seniority and levels think about what you might want to learn think about kind of either broad or specific skills and find mentors based on that yeah that's so true in a formal corporate environment what you typically have is you've got senior execs or senior leaders in a particular organization that commit to mentoring someone slightly more junior because they want to build the pipe line of that organization they want to see that person get up to their role so that might be two skips up and so they're helping them navigate moving from you know manager to leader they might be helping them how to storytell for stakeholders and so they've got a very formal role they might meet monthly and the whole goal is to get that person to where they are but you're absolutely right we've got a great friend who has she's insanely young and um she runs a public speaking business and we would absolutely go and ask to be mentored by her to learn how to speak with presence at a at an organization miriam yeah she's incredible so mentors do it because they want to give back and they have that real desire to help others. They've probably been helped along the way and mentees do it because they, at that point in time, or on a specific issue, they need the help. And I think the key thing here is there's some, in a non-formal situation, there's some form of emotional connection. So this is, tends to be an unpaid position. This yes. is very much, yep. they have emotionally bought into your success. So for me, one of the biggest mentoring times I've had, I have a very good friend. And it's funny because often my mentors are friends. And I was going through a massive negotiation. I was trying to negotiate in one of the most complicated and stressful negotiations I'd done and he was on the phone to me over about a month probably a couple of times a week doing and I would call him before and after I went (laughs) in and had sessions and and that was an extremely effective mentorship I think in the end 
might have bought him a bottle of whiskey probably forgot we have a long <laughs> friendship behind but us. it is unpaid um but that yeah. was all because he really and he's done that for me multiple times in my life actually mostly in negotiation yeah. and has just been there when i've needed him and then we'll hang out again yeah. for a while and i just the power of that in my life and the couple of times that i've called on him it has been in depth it has been continuous for a short space of time and so valuable it has transformed my life in those times yeah. and he gets nothing out of it other than knowing that he has had a massive impact on... which is a big thing for people so it's not like he gets nothing out of it <laughs> I mean I really paid him back with just knowing how what a good Samaritan <laughs> exactly. he is and I have a yeah. bunch of them like a, a Rachel for yeah. example who gave us even this term yeah. I consider her an informal mentor I often go to her almost as in some ways like a bit of a cheerleading mentor of yeah. just like oh I'm grappling with this thing and always know she'll have this words of wisdom she works in people leadership so she can come at she has the expertise in an area that I don't know as well in terms of setting up a whole organization with capability structures and all that sort of stuff yeah. and just having those people to grapple with but I've only ever had one formal mentor and I don't even think you've had I any, haven't so. had a formal mentor and nor have I formally mentored or had a mentee and that's just I, I have been asked but I just say look I know the commitment that's involved in this, and I would take it very seriously. It's time commitment. It is opening, you know, networks and and really ensuring the success successful outcomes of that person. And and probably I was asked at the wrong times in my life, but I've always said yes to a coffee or informal mentorship. That takes a lot of pressure off me. I'm like, oh, then I'm not responsible for another human being right now. So it's not selfish reasons other than I just haven't had the time to give a proper mentorship formal relationship. So I've said yes to informal things. I've met people for lots of bouts of advice. But one thing, because we did do a talk on was it self-beliefs and just all about our lens and our bias of the world? And that's one thing to remember. And we'll, well, let's jump to coach next, Nat, because I think it's a really nice uh, opposite of this is mentors will give you advice. Like they will tell you based on their experience and their lens of the world, they will give you advice. I agree, but I also don't agree. And you'll see in our um, newsletter when it comes out, yes. a great quote from Steven Spielberg. The delicate balance of mentoring someone is not creating them in your own image, but giving them the opportunity to create themselves. And I think when if we go through the good like pros and cons, I think that is one of the cons is people who take on mentoring as an idea as a way to give out advice and feel important rather than to really understand what someone might need mm. and really help them build themselves, which may not be the same thing or the same way that you would do it. And that's yeah. a very hard skill to get I right. I think it's a hard skill, but I would just say that they've been asked because they've gotten to a certain position. And so as long as you're caveating, I think genuinely people want to help over ego, but it is saying, look, I did this, it worked for me. I did this and it didn't work for me. Like they only have one lived experience. So I think as long as it's clear that that advice is coming from one lived experience, but I do think it's quite different from a coach. This is a much more formal, professional, often trained. There's often a certification yes. involved. These are people who do this career for a job, coaches, not unlike a sports coach. So they effectively, their job is to help you develop your skills and toolbox for success. So they're not there to, what is it? The teacher person to fish. They're not there to tell you what to do. They're there to equip you with the skills and knowledge to be able to do it for yourself. Mm. 
we've talked to a range of coaches recently, probably about 20. Yeah. And they, they disagree a little bit. And sometimes people have talked about having a coach who they stick with forever. And mm. those are really deep relationships and they are paid relationships and they probably adapt over time. The vast majority of coaches, though, especially leadership coaches, seem to point to about three to six sessions. Six seem to be, yeah, seem to be the optimum where you would come in with a specific blocker or issue or thinking pattern and you would go through a little series of activities and you'd have the accountability and they would effectively help you build the tools to remove that obstacle yeah anything i left out there no i think they believe that you've got everything in you and their job is to draw that out so if you think of a a sports coach which is you know common in my life with with children watching them go through sports their coach isn't in there doing it for them or you know but they're preparing them so that they can go and do it for themselves. And so I think it is, uh, yeah, absolutely paid. These are trained people. It's usually because it is paid, it's typically women will get coaches once they're in senior positions, either they or they can negotiate it as part of their pay packet. If they're great stepping idea. up into a role, that is a great uh, a perk to, to negotiate as part of your package. Genuinely, as you're stepping way out of your comfort zone and you just need someone for six sessions, to draw all of that confidence back out of you. You might just feel a little bit wobbly. The other thing, other time that we, when we've chatted with coaches is it's when they've wanted a career change. So they just need to go back to square one with someone and have someone formally walk them through the process of what am I good at? What do I love? And then the final thing is if they're having, often if there is a, a relationship that's broken down in the workplace, I think a coach is a really great place to go. Maybe it might even only be two or three sessions, but just to get, some solid tools under under um you know in your belt for you to go deal with with conflict in the workplace can be a great reason to go get a coach i have loved having a coach i had a coach for i think it was a succession block and again life-changing i'm a huge fan of all these things you you haven't had one no no um (laughs) for me again an incredibly powerful tool i've written in my notes though the one thing to be aware of with coaching is cost and Mm -hmm. actually it's quite interesting because i've had some conversations recently about therapy and that traditionally and this might be you know someone's opinion but it spoke to me therapy was designed to help people with mental illness but what's happened is there's a massive gap between mental illness and high functioning all the time no issues ever (laughs) and so what's happened you've got the coaches at the top end and they're way more expensive than therapists like they're we're looking at two to five hundred dollars an hour which is why often they're only available in senior leadership whereas therapy can often be in a little bit lower price bracket so there's a lot of people like myself who would go to a therapist potentially for those issues in the middle where I might not be battling with something that's an illness Mm -hmm. but it's an an issue and what can happen there is that kind of throws up its own challenges and that you've got these people who are trained in therapy trying to grapple with issues that are maybe sitting more towards what a coach would deal with and building resilience and getting through a crisis so I actually still think there's quite a big gap in the middle there of how do we have access to um that kind of questioning and and help that we might need democratize it which i wonder we we're going to go on to sponsors next but i wonder if that brings us to our peer group because that is probably an affordable way to kind of get some of the benefits of a coach yes absolutely and at the very start of power suit we went out and talked to hundreds of women many whom have reached the pinnacles of their careers because we're really trying to dig into what were the things that got you to where you got to and 
one of the things they pointed to was a peer group. All of these credible women had anywhere between six to eight women that they would meet with regularly, like not each week, but certainly at least once a month or once every two months. And they would meet with them and they would just support one another through all things career. That's really sparked an idea for me because <laughs> I have a bunch of friends who I talk to about work, which yeah. is actually, I don't think that common. We are exceptionally no. good at building friendship bonds. We rely on each other for a lot of things, but there's, and maybe it's stereotypical gender roles that women tend to not talk about work as much as we probably should and we held those very early focus groups and just bringing a group of women into the room was such a powerful it was incredible watching these friends or strangers turn into somewhat of a peer group within the space of an yes. hour and a half yes it was very very cool so I think for me one of my actions might be to put in a calendar invite for about five of us to just say let's try this month to month bring one challenge and see what we can grapple with and together. anyone can do this and that was the action we were hoping people would take away from this particular thing it can be daunting to go ask someone to be a formal mentor but it shouldn't be daunting to ask someone to go for a coffee but you will have like-minded peers love the idea of taking very much a solutions approach and kind of what's the problem that we can solve as a group today what are we all experiencing what are we facing and I mean anyone can go out and ask a bunch of respected and admired colleagues today to do this and I wonder I was actually thinking when I was thinking about doing this in the last two minutes and that sort of raises another thing that um, I was like oh will you be in my peer group and then I thought that's probably something that we shouldn't do because one of the things about a peer group should that should be that they probably aren't people who you work with because that could be your point to be able to go and get completely out of the situation completely what's it called um, objective and be able to vent or be able to talk through things without having to feel there's any work related stuff I yes. don't know what you think about that because I think, I think we would be fine <laughs> I think if it's a big enough organization and someone is a completely different kind of line manager and and area venue in the business I think it's okay I think where a peer group is probably not a great place is if you're not able to be vulnerable and feel safe because that person happens to have the same manager as you so I think that absolutely is something to be um to be conscious of are we good to chat about sponsorship yes and Great. maybe you kick into this one because you have suggested that in north america this might be something that's a lot more formalized than i think it is well, here well i would love it to be formalized everywhere because actually when you talk about inequity in the workplace sponsorship is one of the key things to get more women into operational line manager roles because very much like a board of directors which you're often tapping people that you know it's because you want to de-risk your reputation and you've often you've either worked with a person or you know that person operates well and so you go to bat for that person you're like I want that person on my team it could be senior leadership team it could be board of directors but that's how we get this idea of mirrortocracy and everyone looking the same because we tend to hang out with people we feel Feel comfortable with and that de-risks our situation blah 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 anyway the whole point of sponsorship for women in particular is to say you're going to identify women that are coming up in the organization specifically for strategic roles and for big responsibility in the business because it's the only way women are going to get to the c-suite and have real power and influence in an organization so sponsorship is shown to be a key equalizer to get women into those critical roles and to be having them work on strategic things, to have them be visible. So if you go to a meeting and someone says, we really need this project done, the sponsor goes, I know the perfect person to do this and they're gonna put your name forward, which gives you visibility, which gets your name out there and gives you the opportunity to work on something 
that otherwise you wouldn't have had the opportunity to. So I love sponsorship. I think every organization should be fostering them for up and coming women. I love it. But unlike a coach, a mentor or a peer group, I don't get to control this so much for myself, do I? You should, in my opinion, you should be asking your organization for one, or you can go to an exec on the team and say, will you be my sponsor? I think if you're sitting in the C-suite, you have a responsibility or a senior leadership role, you have a responsibility to sponsor people in your pipeline. And it should be minority and women that you're sponsoring because traditionally they may not be putting their hands up for all sorts of reasons. Could be confidence, could be cultural, who knows? But it doesn't mean they're not um, capable of doing those things. So we should be, I just, I just think it is absolutely, you're right in that you could go to someone to ask for a sponsorship and it might not be the person you choose, but I just think every senior leader has a responsibility to sponsor someone in their org. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I just wonder, because all of these things are based on sort of an emotional connection and a sort of like becoming a mentor. A couple of the tips that I've seen on how to get a sponsor, let's say you don't have such a formal structure, because yes. I think all these relationships work so much better when you both buy in. Yes. And I wonder if you are a busy leader in an organization and a total stranger comes up and says that and it's not a good match or it's just it, it will probably lead to all sorts of disarray but we have talked a lot in the last few weeks and we're going to be putting out some articles about more in terms of strategic yeses because we've been talking a lot in the last few weeks about getting rid of a lot of stuff on your plate we've talked about negative self-talk taking on other people's problems taking on everyone else's work all these things and sharing the household load mm. check out on the website we've got a whole bunch of great stuff about those things but what that does as on top of freeing up a lot of brain space is freeing up actual time and so one of the ways that I've looked into um, just preparing for this because I've never worked in an organization where yeah. there's a formal sponsorship thing is showcase your value to someone who you would like to be a sponsor yes. so I think as smart strategic women we can look up further up in the organization and go these are the sorts of people or these are the people specifically that I think I would like to have as a sponsor how can you make the how can you show your value to them and that is strategic yeses that's not going and grabbing their coffee cup yes. and washing it every day yeah. that is helping them if you're a specific expert in something going above and beyond and telling them or giving them some information um, making a point of potentially saving them some time um, adding value so that you're now top of mind and again like all these other roles apart from coach an informal sponsor i agree with you completely they yes. should be formal but an informal sponsor if you've done something that really attracts someone's attention and they go this person's great at that you will be top of mind next time they're in a situation thinking about who to put on a project team or maybe who to think about for an opportunity. So you have a little bit of wiggle room there and maybe once you build a relationship that could well be a conversation you spark. Yes. I personally wouldn't I start it cold. It's a nice softly, softly. No, I think it should be started cold from the top. Like yes, I just think I agree. it's outrageous. Yeah. Um, and you know, anyway, I digress. Let's overthrow the system. <laughs> well, we are at power suit. <laughs> the last thing I think we should say on the, on the personal board of directors is that it is a relationship. So remember that you are kind of taking and asking people's time and their advice and their energy and their networks. And so please just respect that relationship. Are there little areas you talked about strategically you can help someone out? Are there, you know, what is it you said? Didn't you say you bought your mentor a, a whiskey or a drink? I'm claiming it. I'm <laughs> claiming it. I'm not sure if I followed through. <laughs> okay. Just remember, you show your appreciation 
if even if it's just thank you thank you for your time that is so important those those graces of today so please remember it's a two-way street absolutely and i think the final final action for today is we talked at the top about five to ten people on your personal board of directors you don't need to have one of every single one of these roles on it and at the moment if i think about my life i've probably got a couple of peer network which i'm going to formalize a bit more great hot tip from today a couple of informal mentors but again i think i'm going to take a little bit of a look and go should i formalize that a little bit more and we both share somewhat of a business slash life coach unofficially so jenny 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 so that's um (laughs) that's probably for me that's actually a substantial amount for now like you don't have to overcook this stuff and if you don't have anything at the moment and if you feel like you're alone navigating your career start with one start by getting one of these things in place and the lowest hanging fruit is the peer group the next lowest hanging group is probably fruit is probably the mentor when you get to coach and sponsor there's a bit a little bit more time cost effort involved so kick off the easy ones first and, and just get started yeah no i love it so what we would love is you are listening to this podcast we would love if you just hit follow so that you can get notified for all of our new great episodes that drop. Hopefully this podcast was helpful enough. You want to show your appreciation and love by giving us five stars. Check out powersuit.com. You can check out an article a little bit more on this, but also on governance and board of directors, which we alluded to as well, and lots of great tools and tips. You can sign up to our newsletter and get that into your inbox weekly. Catch us on socials and catch us next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.